0: What's up gang? Man, it's good to see y'all. Howdy, howdy. howdy.
1: Where is mom?
0: There she is. Um, I said happy Mother's Day and I've waited. I didn't call nanny. I called my mama. My mama lives in Tullahoma. Uh, her name's Joanne and she's a great mama. Boy alive, she would be the one that would yell the loudest, although I think <laughs> Deb's got her trumped. If you've ever go to a soccer game, Man Alive, Deb is above the crowd hollering out, Go To! Right, Deb? <laughs> um, but for Mom, some of you know her as Nanny. Um, thank you for being a fabulous mama. You've modeled it and it came down to Deb, where'd she go? Where is Deb? Oh, there she is. (laughs) It's like Jack in the box. Yeah, right. So anyway, thanks for showing how to be a great mama, because it came down and she grabbed it. And thanks for not panicking when I at times had life in the ditch. For your your girl. Because there was a time when 9 o'clock in the morning wasn't too early to be drunk. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I can. And so, uh, praise God, we're drunk on a different uh, most high. Right? High on the most high. High on the most high. And it takes a while to learn how to do that. Right? I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Is anybody else still learning? Please let hands go up. I don't want to be the only one in this boat. So I'm thankful for safe people that are willing to admit that we're still learning. But it doesn't change our identity and who we are in Christ. Therefore lies the the purpose and the reason for the Holy Spirit, I believe. More and more I believe that, man. You know, if you've lived any life with us at all, you're going to hear this a ton. And is that we will live out who we believe we are in the moment that we're in. And at times we believe the things that we believe of ourselves are less than how God sees us. And when that happens, crazy's coming. In moment to moment to moment to moment, right? And so what we've been trying to unpack, we started last week, was just, why, did, why was God so on purpose to send the Holy Spirit? Why was Jesus so on purpose to, promise, to make the promise that before He emptied the tomb and before He ascended after the 50 days, that He said, boys, I'm sending a helper. I, as a matter of fact, I've got to send you a helper. And yet, when we have these cool questions with people out in the day-to-day and ask, how does being led by the Spirit affect your life when you're at Walmart? Or when you're at work. Or when you walk into a school building. How does our faith, how does our belief, how does our trusting the empty tomb of Christ, Him filling us up, affect our day to day? And last week we said, why was He so on purpose to send the Holy Spirit on the 50th day? And, and again, again, I'm going to preface this, I don't ever stand up here to, to make declarations. The only declaration that I know is that Jesus is resurrected, amen. and my belief in that then indwells me with resurrection power. That's another amen if you wanted to amen that one. But how does that live out? And so what we said last week was maybe because of the 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 harvest of the. The week of feast, which that was the second big pilgrimage festival for the Jewish people to observe, is Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Weeks, and then the uh, next one after that is the um, booths, okay? And But on the Holy Spirit coming on that, a lot of the Jewish culture believes too that Moses was handed the tablets, handed the law on that same 50th day. And so it coincided and we said, just what if if that was the reason that the Holy Spirit was sent to change the way that we were guided with the tablets and the law and our declaration of being accepted and through Christ we have a new guide? A new sheriff's in town. We have a new belief system. And remember we said, we even read in Hebrews where Jesus, through Jesus, he, he just obliterates the old. And through Jesus, this new is ushered in. And so what does that mean for us? And that's what we said, we're going we're to pack this for about two or three more weeks. Today we've got, Tonight we're going to do one more week of just kind of setting the foundation uh, from our anchor. So let's read the anchor verse here again. It's in Acts chapter 2. Someone start in verse 1. It says, on the day of Pentecost, how many days is that game, class? There you go, say it loud. How many? There you go. So you want to be able to, just a quick note here, one of our hearts here from day one is that, you see, you're you're living life with folks. Did you know that, let me push time out. Did you know that 65% of folks that have said yes to, to Jesus will never come into a place like this? So odds are that when you walk into your school, when you walk into your place of work, you're going to be surrounded by someone that at one point said, I want Jesus. They checked the box of hope. And yet somehow they've said, I don't want any more of this. And so our heart is to make sure that when we leave here, that we are equipped. When the question comes, why do you believe what you believe? By the way, what do you believe? And then right then you get to say, it's not a what, it's a who. I can tell you who I believe, and here's why. When you're equipped with that, gang, folks', folks lives start changing in your midst. So here we go. Let's go back. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. There's 120 of us. <laughs> 120, all one place. Kind of like this. He's like, dang, there's Jed, there's uh, Tom, there's Sarah. Okay. But they were scared to death. Suddenly, verse 2, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. Can you just kind of hear the the just up? Yuck on that. And yet, we hear them speaking in our own native language. And so there's just a ton going on there. And, and what we're saying is that we're eventually going to get to the piece of going, why did all of this have to happen? And we're starting to get there. And, and so, think about at the time when there is a people... Do you, how, how unified do you think those 120 were? in the room you think they were pretty unified that they were pretty kind of kindred heart kind of kindred spirit in what they were thinking when the holy spirit came and yet place yourself in the room and then all of a sudden you're able to speak a language that you had no idea maybe for some that even existed but how did all the language even happen why were there so many different languages why were there different nations Why were the folks there? Now remember, the folks were here because the Jewish people were observing Passover 50 days before. So some of them may have stayed over because it was just too far to go. And so there was going to be these big throngs of people and you'll see eventually that when Peter especially gets up and out, there's 3,000 at least on this scene. Alright? And so now all of a sudden, there's 120 people and they're factioned off and they're able to speak languages that the other folks are going that cat's speaking my language and he's from Tullahoma. <laughs> he's, he's speaking Creole and I've seen Bibbo. He's from Coffee County. How's that happening? You see how that kind of relates? Alright, so let's go back for a second. Let's go back over to Genesis. It's the very first book for you after the table of contents. If you have a hard book. If it's on your screen... And I just want to set this up here, just for a second. How many folks have heard of Noah? Yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, I got a friend of mine named Noah. When Noah's about to build a boat, and the first time we see him or see his name, it's in verse. It's in Genesis chapter five, verse thirty-two, and uh, he's five hundred years old. Five hundred years old, Noah. (laughs) His name means relief. And so, why is Noah about to get tapped to build the ark? Right? We kind of want to know that. We we kind of want to see what's going on. So, by the time we get to Noah and him being five hundred years old and him having conversations at some point, going crap, I gotta, I gotta build a boat. I wish I was two hundred. I had a lot more strength when I was 200. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I felt really spry at three. I'm starting to get a little long in the tooth at five. Isn't that crazy? I know. It's just, I love God. Didn't God cool? let you live to be 500 years old. I love it. So Genesis 6, you go, well, why is it? Well, God, at this point, gang, God had had a belly full. That's the only way I know how to put it. And it didn't take long. I mean, creation started in Genesis 1, right? And we're already in chapter 6, and God has said, I'll just read his words. It says, chapter 6, verse 3 says, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time. For they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. Wow. Skip on down. The Lord observed, this is verse 5, the Lord observed the extent, look, check this out gang, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Not us in this room, but the world in general is not far from that. it? Is it? So the Lord was sorry He'd ever made them and put put them on the earth. It broke His heart. It says that. It broke His heart. It means He grieved. He was troubled. He couldn't quite get it. Why are people not choosing Me? I love them. I blew life into them. Why will you not choose Me? And so He says, I'm going to destroy every living thing, all the people, large animals, small animals. I wish mosquitoes would have never come back. Lord, and those little skank lizard things that don't have shoulders, those kind of freak me out. I wish those hadn't come back. Why did they have to crawl on the boat? What are they called? I don't, yeah. The small animals that scurry along the ground. I don't, why did they have to come back? And even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them. And look, he taps Noah. Because in the Scripture, you'll go back and read, he says, he saw Noah as a righteous man. What did he see? Because at one time, if you really dig in to see Noah, one time he would have been the guy at 9 o'clock getting drunk. Because his kids had to come in and sneak in. They didn't want to see Daddy totally naked out in front of them, drunk. They snuck in, put a cloak over him so they wouldn't have to see it. And Noah got embarrassed about it, quite honestly. Made him mad. But yet, God said, I see you as righteous. So there was something in his heart that spewed way more than that one night maybe when he got blasted. Maybe he saw that his heart was pure in his motive for people and his family. And so God taps him. He said, hey, Noah, man, I need you to build a boat. It's going to be a pretty good sized one. <laughs> and he's you know, okay, and and so catch this. He, it's 450 feet long. That's a that's a football field and a half long. Now he's building it on dry ground. There's no big oceans around where he's at. Guys, God's crazy cool. 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall, and the floodwaters came. Noah, I'm getting rid of all of it. I want you to get you, your family, and seven different pairs of all these different creepy crawly things, get them on the boat, get them in there, and let's get this done. So they do that. How long do you think that would take? Took him a while. Approximately 100 years later, (laughs) I get mad when my oatmeal's not ready in 40 seconds. (laughs) And i got to reheat it for 20. Are you kidding? It's still soupy. And he can, So can you imagine Noah, he's got to go get the first thing to build the boat. Do you think he had conversations with God in those hundred years? Yeah. Amen, I do too. He had plenty. Lord, where does this nail go? I mean, I mean, we may think that's an exaggeration, but how would he have known how to build the boat had he not sought God in every detail of what he was about to get done? He, he needed him in every detail of it. Lord, here. Okay. Wipes them out. Waters come up from the earth. The rains come. How many days? That's cool. How long were they in it, gang? Does anybody know that? Real quick? This will be for double jeopardy for y'all, you Jeopardy lovers. Seventy-seven days. I've got a seventy-seven days. Anyone more? Anyone less? Huh? 50? I got a 50? Got a 50? Got a 100? Almost a year. Noah gets in. He's 600. And approximately a year later, the waters start receding. God brings the wind. And you know what his promise is? You know what God's promise is to say that he'll never do that again? That's it. Rainbow. Somebody said it. So when you see a rainbow, kiddos, that's God's promise of he loves you big So Genesis verse 11. So by the time we get there, let me just let me go back just one second. Genesis chapter 9. When they come disembark off the boat, then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Now l- look, gang. <laughs> Noah's getting off of this ship. Him and his three sons, their brides, God blesses them and says, fill the earth. Feel the earth. Yeah, quite the task. No wonder he had to live to be 800 years old. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Happy Mama's Day. God bless his bride. God bless their brides. We get to Genesis 11, and at one time, all the people of the world, this is verse 1, Genesis 11, verse 1, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks, harden them with fire. And they said, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous. And keep us from being scattered all over the world. And they said, let let's build a city, let's build a tower, and let's make who famous? Us. It it, it does remind me of this song. I want to play this song. Like crazy. <laughs> is that not what that is? Ooh, watch me, watch me, ooh, watch. And I and I just when I read that, I went, oh my gosh, that's us. And so I just had to research it just for a second. I said, Siri, how many selfies are made in a day? I know, it's sickening. Oh my gosh what was the other one I Google I can't remember You remember the other one I researched I can't remember it doesn't matter yes that was the other. how many times we touch our phone to look down thanks Blaine. hundred billion and and I'm telling you I promise that even I've I've started setting my phone up like this because I said man I think I'm gonna get carpal tunnel on my neck <laughs> things getting sore might help stand me up i 'm tired of looking for quarters,, uh, but look at this Here we hang on, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united. I would think he would think that was cool. I really would, but their focus was off game. They were united about everything they wanted to be about. Look at this tower we're going to build. Look at everything we're going to do. He said, the people are united. They all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Man, a lot of our focus would just stay on Him in that. Come, let's go down. I love that. Come, let's go down. We don't have time to dissect that at all, but that's a plural statement in my book. Come, let's go down and confuse, mix, mingle, confound the people with different languages. There you are. Different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel. Because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, He scattered them all over the world. So I too, I believe that a lot of that is just that the focus was said, let's make us famous. Instead of like what you're doing and what you're doing with your lives is that you're saying, look, we want Jesus is going to be famous through my life. That's what you're doing beautifully. And people are drawn to you because that's what they see through you. And so I want to go back to and connect these. So go back to Acts chapter 2. And so, what does this have to do with our anchor verse, Pivo? I'm about to tell you. Acts chapter 2, verse 6: when they heard, that's the 120, the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. By the believers. They were completely amazed how this can be. They exclaimed, these people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Why did God do that? Why why did God desire for the 120 to be able to speak the languages that the others around were there? Hmm? For understanding. What else? Relationship. Relationship starting. Yes. What else? Sharing. Sharing. Yes. Unite. To, to unite. To start uniting. What else? To show, his power. to show His power. I believe that. I believe everything you're saying. Where was it? If you continued to read, who was their focus on? When Peter got up, and we haven't read that yet, but when Peter got up and started yapping... Who were they yapping about? He was yapping about Jesus. God harvested this 120 with the Holy Spirit to come in and say, I know your heart. Remember the Psalms that says, I know your heart? 120, gang. That dwindled down from the days before when Hosanna was being sang in the streets and throngs were putting palm leaves down. And he got them down to 120. He knew their heart. And he knew that their singular focus wouldn't be on, watch me, watch me, ooh, 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 watch me. He knew it wasn't. (laughs) He knew it would not be. And he blows that into them. And connections are starting to be made. Now here's the thing. Here's what we'll start walking through over the next few weeks. Because I do believe this is what has happened to a segment, to part of us in Christendom, I and mean, I'm talking worldwide, guys. We are, we are part of the body of Christ wherever brothers and sisters gather, right? So, we we just are. We're united through Christ and Christ alone. Yet, I think what has happened a lot of times that in our interpretation are in these gifts. So would it be easy to say that in this moment that the 120 were given a specific gift in that moment to communicate? Yes. Absolutely. And yet sometimes we make our gifts our Tower of Babel. And we start to separate ourselves according to our different Towers of Babel. Oh, you don't have that gift, Bivo? Well, my gosh. Are you sure that you're saved? So you remember the 65% I was talking about? They're done with that. I am too. The reason we all have different gifts and fruits, and that's what we're going to walk through the next few weeks, is because that makes us a body. I can't, I'm not supposed to have them all. But the ones I don't have, you have, and so we, it makes us stronger. The ones you don't have, I may have. And the thing that makes us stronger in doing so is being able to live those out, guess where? Come on. Out there. Out there. It's out there. It's out there. And so what we're saying is that we're no longer going to build towers of Babel according to our gifts. We're going to stay singularly focused on Jesus Christ and honor the gifts and fruits that you have that make me stronger. We're going to unite. 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about it extensively and and it's the goal for all. And I don't have time to, to go into it, but it's the fruits of the Spirit, and it's the gifts. One last thing on the fruit. I wonder how come we don't have any denominations that are set up on the fruits of the Spirit. This place is singularly focused on joy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? This place is singularly focused on self-control. <clears throat> this place is singularly focused on kindness. Kindness. Well, I don't. You see how we're supposed to be together? And we can be all together in the same room at work and at school and here too. <laughs> right? We can. We will. Through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that he blew into us on purpose. Is everybody with me? Yeah, with you Everybody with me? All right. Let me pray over (coughs) this. Father, you are a good, good father. Um, Lord, I just love this. I'm looking back over the notes here just as I pray out loud with my eyes open. I typically do not do that. And so, one thing I do want to just remind us, Lord, is that for us not to be sources of confusion. Uh, Father, that we would be sources of unity wherever we go, starting in our home, Father. That we would not sit in silence with one another. That we would live life to the fullest, God, in each moment that you give us. And Father, that we would know that we are equally yoked through our yes to you. And so, Father, we're saying teach us how to celebrate one another in our uniqueness and not to tear that down. Father, I pray over every place in Murfreesboro right now that gathers in Your name. I pray over every barn that's out there that gathers in Your name. I pray over every home that gathers in Your name. Father, would You just blow them up with Your sense of being in, dwelled in them. That, Father, that the foundations of homes would just start rattling because they love You so much. And that, Lord, that we would show a world that we are just so filled with You that it would appear that we are drunk. (laughs) Lord, I would love that, to be able to say I'm drunk on You. So let's go out and act as fools for You, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen.